What does it take for asset managers to be operationally ready for MIFID II? We examine this question six months into the new directive on this episode of Nixa Talk. You're listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. Nixa Talk features targeted content from Nixa's live webinar programming. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at nixa.org. I'm Allison Lovett, your Nixa host, and on today's show, we're talking with HSBC Security Services' Paul Ellis, Global Head of Regulatory Product Development, about how best to simplify MIFID II. Nixa recently hosted a panel of experts to talk about how well the industry is securing compliance with the new directive. The following is a segment of that discussion. We've worked hard to try and sort of simplify MIFID II, particularly for our asset manager clients. So how do you get from, uh, from you know, get to that point of being MIFID II ready? And we sort of group it under four different sort of streams of activity. Um, first being around sort of looking at the asset manager's relationships. And what we're thinking about here is um, uh, areas such as the need to sort of redocument arrangements with brokers. Um, you need to obviously obtain LEIs if you're trading with European brokers, legal entity identifiers, and if you don't do that by the end of June, then there's certainly some challenges, uh, immediate challenges or near-term challenges there. Um, there's also the distributor arrangements need to be redocumented, which has been touched on um, by Nicholas and Raoul, um, and then the inducement prohibition. So again, a lot of that is sort of falls into the relationship with with the that asset managers have with suppliers or counterparties, et cetera, all of which sort of need to be reset and re-documented. Um, and sort of finally on this one, again, uh, the, the colleagues on the webinar have spoken about investment research and, again, documenting all of that in terms of once you sort of determine what model of research you're following um, is obviously, uh, it sort of all needs to sort of be set from a relationship perspective. Um, we then need to think about the sort of pre-trade implications um, as an asset manager. Um, so security transaction reporting was one of the big changes in MIFID to sort of material uptick and the amount of reporting that needs to go to regulators under that transparency point you mentioned, Alex. Um, mm-hmm. there's, also, there's also the suitability appropriateness um, piece around distribution that was touched on earlier, um, preparation for pre-trade cost disclosures to clients, um, and also... Um, Conflicts policies, which sort of fall under the uh, generally under MIFID two, but in the pre-trade context, I think really what MIFID two was looking to do is uh, encourage uh, firms not to rely on disclosure any longer, and uh, essentially to sort of fully confront conflicts and, and manage them out uh, where at all possible. So that was sort of under I suppose under the pre-trade banner. Um, on the execution side. Um, the trading venues themselves have new obligations, which, you know, from an, obviously from a, a buy side perspective, that might need to be consumed and, and updated in the operating model. And clearly one of the big objectives of MIFID II was to make trading uh, more transparent um, and encouraging uh, more trading so to be transparent on exchange where possible. Um, Best X was mentioned too, um, and I think the key uptick there was MIFID one. There was sort of a requirement on buy-side firms have a sort of a reasonable, need a reasonable test, and that has been moved up to a sufficient step, so a sufficient test. So again, revisiting our best X procedures, uh, another kind of important point. Uh, where specific changes, there are specific changes for algo traders and commodity derivatives. 
Um, but they're sort of more specific and are sort of designed around resilience and position limits. Um, so that's sort of the execution side. And then the sort of final, finally around sort of reporting, um, I mentioned sort of complexity of transaction reporting, um, and that obviously is a, was a key delivery um, from day one. And there's also been sort of some forward deliveries around reporting around top five execution execution venues by product. Um, and then also on the sort of distribution side, uh, generating the full sort of um, after the event costs that actually get that presented back to Mr. Two clients on a sort of a monetary basis. You've been listening to Nixa Talk, expert panels discussing today's most compelling asset management issues. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixon News. Access to the complete live programming, including CE credits, is available to Nixon members. For information on how your firm can become a Nixon member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.